Memphis and Vibes Podcast, a.k.a. MVP, where we talk about sports, music, media, and stuff that you might or might not care about. In today's episode, we're going to talk about whether fans have crossed the line at NBA games. Also, at our music table discussion, we're going to discuss hair and whether hair determines whether an artist falls off or not. Also, in our This Face segment, we're going to talk about seafood, and I'm going to rant about why Red Lobster is not overrated. We have some awards also to give out, so just sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and enjoy our finale, season three that is. Stay tuned. What up? What up? What up? We live. Yeah, we live. We back. We back. We once back again, for, the, for the season finale. Once again, it's on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For this season. Go ahead. Bro. Go ahead, bro. We about to say uh, goodbye to one more season, man. Three seasons in, huh? Three seasons in the books, man. For the season finale, I might say the N-word twice. <laughs> hey, make sure you bleep it, though. <laughs> Shout out to us, man! Shout out to us for for, for, th- for three incredible, hilarious seasons, man! Yes, sir! Yes, sir! For a wild ride! For a wild ride! Hey, man! We, a lot of people been supporting the show, uh, according to the statistics. A lot of people been coming up to me verbally, telling me how much they enjoy the show. So, uh, and I asked. I actually asked some people like, hey man, is anything that we doing wrong? You want to give us any input, something to add? They're like, no man, y'all got this, y'all got this. So I'm like, oh, okay, all right, well, it is what it is. You know, we're going to keep it moving. We'll keep it rolling, man. We'll keep it rolling. Shout out to all those friends who still still send evites. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's this, 2007? Dude, or like 2003, man. Like, yo, Come man. On, man. You got my number, man. Just call me, text me, man. Like, folks <laughs> be, be sending out. I, 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 and I get it. There's certain features. <laughs> there are certain features on Evite when you open it up, you can do a lot of cool things. Like, see if a, a person is, is is registered at a particular place. You can see right. who else is invited. I get all that. But come on, man. Just, just it, it ain't 2003 no more, man. Just holler at me, man. Just yeah. holler at me, folks. Be, <laughs> I be missing some man. Folks be like, "Yo, you didn't get my email." Like, no, like, no. Like, I probably uh-huh. thought it was. I probably thought it was spam and deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> they lost. <laughs> and, and, and shout out to those brothers who haven't grown out they R-rated movies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they still watching New Jack City. <laughs> hey man. Hey. hey, hey. They still got the VHSs <laughs> with the three movies on it. They got New Jack City in one. They got uh, they got Minister Society. <laughs> they got they got Juice. They got Juice. They got Trespasses. <laughs> hey, hey! And shout out to the and particularly to the ones who haven't thrown out the R-rated movies and have the field service, the meaningful field service in their house. <laughs> 
be having them on display too. They don't even have the VHSs where where you record six movies. They got the actual movies. They got the DVD, <laughs> right? They got the they got the DVDs. I'm like, man, you bought this in 2010. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to conduct the meeting for, for service, and I'm looking at a copy of Friday. <laughs> But you got that they got the, the trilogy. They got the trilogy <laughs> Just staring at you, just looking at you. They got Debo with his uh fist <laughs> on the side cover, just looking at you. Oh man. <laughs> Shout out to them brothers, man. I'll be I'll be creeping up on y'all when y'all be at the red box. Y'all don't think I see y'all. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Over there getting Deadpool and Deadpool too. <laughs> I see y'all. You better fight the urge like I did. I still don't. I still ain't seen. I'm still proud to say that I have not seen Deadpool. So hey, shout out, shout, shout out. out, shout out to you. I mean, I do got a confession to make, man. I, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, I got a confession, man. What you got? I did see Get Out. Oh man, I, still, I ain't seen that, but yeah, I'm sure you had fun with that one. <laughs> but but that's not it. <laughs> well, oh, what? What we got next? <laughs> I saw it twice. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, hey Rodney, your congregation that listens to this podcast. <laughs> hey, Rodney, that's not it. <laughs> oh, oh, we got more. I saw it twice at the theater. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did, hey, did you find another witness, Teddo? Ah, uh, no, no, I don't think so. Oh, uh, okay, okay. All right. Oh, they might have saw you and was like, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. Uh, whoever listened to this show probably saw you there. They, they probably got you on video camera. Right. They just waiting on you to confess it. Man, that's my, that's my R-rated, my one R-rated transgression. Hey, hey, it is what it is, man. You know, it's not it's on regular TV now, so, you know, it is what it is. But, hey, I haven't seen it, but... Yeah, I heard it was a really good movie. Yeah. Not not saying we're on here promoting Red R movies. <laughs> but shout, shout out to those brothers, man. <laughs> oh, uh, I got a shout out. Uh, first of all, before I get to my shout out, have you ever, you remember Looney Tunes, right? I used to watch the Looney Tunes. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Classic. You remember that turtle that used to be like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in the hair, he's like running like, ah, and then, and then, so it was like, then, <laughs> then he put some fuel in his uh, little shell, you know what I'm saying? Right. He pops out and he beats him. Bro, shouts out to them brothers that be running, that, that be uh, carrying the mics like that turtle. <laughs> I mean, call it. I mean, you know, you know, Sister Williams gonna always raise her hand. She in the second row. You standing all the way in the back where the attendance is. Knowing the watchtower conductor gonna call the person on the front because she gonna she raise her hand for every paragraph. So you know, eventually she gonna get one comment per every three paragraphs. Stand in the middle, brothers. Stand in the middle, man. That way you don't have to run all the way from the back all the way to the front. Dude, that that's at every congregation, man. Like, like I don't, I don't know why the mic handlers do that. Just right, you stand in the middle. Like, you got a pretty good idea of who's gonna have their hands up. Like you said, first thing. So you know, circulate and, and help and help some of these help some of these brothers with bad eyesight see some of these kids, man. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But but getting back to these brothers that's carrying the mics. Also, that falls on the sound department. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. You should know. You should look at. You, you should be studying the Kingdom Hall, kind of looking around. Okay, this side going to comment more than the other side going to comment. 
So we gonna have our faster, more younger brother on the side where all the people comment and have the ones that are a little bit older that move kind of slow, have them on the side that don't comment much. Cause every hall got that too. One side comment more than the other. I remember back in Chatham, we used to fight. We used to literally fight like, man, hey, bro, man, I'm chilling today, man. I ain't taking that side, bro. You gonna have to take that side. We, <laughs> we, used to do, we used to do the younger brothers like that. They just started carrying the mic. We used to be like, hey, man, you, y'all, y'all, you take that side. I'll be on this side. Oh, wow. We got that brother running all over the place. From the second, oh, wow. Oh, oh shouts out to the friends that's sitting all the way in the second school and want to comment like 10 times a meeting. Got the brothers running all the way from the front, giving Sister Williams her mic, and then got to run all the way to the back. <laughs> <laughs> to get to the sisters that's raising their hand in the second school. Shout out to them too. Yeah, man, you got you got you gotta space it out, man. Don't don't call us somebody all the way up front, then call us somebody all the way in the back. Yeah, that falls on a, that falls on the watchtower conductor too. because I, I carry the mice. I know how it is, man. I you know, if I'm conducting, you know, the book study or if I'm conducting the watchtower, I try to be conscious not to have a the brother, <laughs> he all the way in the front. He get Sister Williams giving her comment, and somebody in the second school raising their hand. I'm like, ah, uh, you gonna be short? I'm gonna call on the other side so he can get his bearings. Then if they raise their hand again, I call on them in the back. That way he can get to them. But you know, <laughs> it is what it is, man. <laughs> Every congregation got a Sister Williams, though. Everybody. Yes. Yes. Everybody. Yes. We we got two of those. Oh man, raise their hand every paragraph, man. Every paragraph. Yep. They are Watchtower Conductor's best friend, I tell you. They, they, hey, they are. You ain't, you ain't never lie. You ain't no <laughs> friends. The other friends ain't studied this lesson. All right, we just gonna call on this sister six times. Yep. Yeah. Oh, shouts out to those Watchtower Conductors. Is they only call their family. Every oh. paragraph. <laughs> oh, wow. They got a family. Of, they got a family of eight. <laughs> or they. Or, <laughs> Or oh, they, or oh, his intermediate family is five, and then he got cousins and aunties and, and uncles that's in the congregation too, and he only call on them. He yeah. Shouts out to them brothers too. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. on fire today, man. I yeah, you go are. <laughs> you, you just took the shout out section, section over. <laughs> hey, I, I was revved up about that. I was revved up about this this, this, this shout out, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Usually, Ian dominates. The spiritual shout outs, but I had I had to get some things off my chest, man. Tell them how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But uh hey, we we gonna, we gonna keep we gonna keep it uh we're gonna do something a little different today for our show. You know, it's not a lot going on in sports this week to really talk about. Uh we do got one topic that I do wanna hit. But before we get to that, me and Ian had a discussion on the last episode, and um we wanted to add this segment. So, the segment that we're going to be talking about here for our first segment, we're going to share our craziest local need stories to kick off our finale. (laughs) (laughs) Because I want to get to this local needs that I'm still trying to remember. Man, you got me, dude, you got my head spinning all week, bruh. I'm pretty sure you with I'm like, man, what local needs is Ann talking about, man? It's been so long ago since we've been in the same congregation. It's 95, 96. Something like that. Something (laughs) like that. Class of of 95. (laughs) The 95 draft, right? Exactly, man. We got drafted together, man. I'm trying to remember this local needs. (laughs) And I don't remember. So, so, okay. So, this was was when we was at Chatham. and we were we were in a new building. We were at, at, at 93. We were fresh, fresh. Uh, seventy. What was seventy nine to ten? Yeah. So 
this local needs was given by brother Charlie Franklin. <laughs> Shout out to Charlie Franklin. Shout out to Charlie Franklin. Little known fact, uh, Charlie Franklin actually, and, and his wife Geraldine, uh, uh, they actually aided my parents into the truth. Oh, wow. Dope. Dope. I didn't know so, that. So Charlie Franklin, he's like a, he's like a spiritual grandfather to me. Uh, I love, you know, love him and his wife very much, man. Shout out to them. Got nothing but love for old Charlie Franklin, man. He actually baptized me, too. Uh, which means he probably baptized you, too, right? He baptized me. Yep. 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 Charles, yep. Charles, Charles, Charlie uh, baptized me, man. And he went over my questions with me. So. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Dude, to this day, to this day, like, whenever Charlie Franklin see me, he just be, hey, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I Actually, I remember it was Bradford. Bradford went over one of my questions. Bradford, uh, Franklin, and Vincent, Stan Vincent. Wow. Yeah. So wow. Yeah. So so Charlie Franklin, he gets up there, and it's like 1994. So there was a, there was a, quite a few teenagers in the hall that were like you know a little a few years older than us. Um, shout out to Marty Hitchcock. Um, so if you recall, in '94, this was when you had like. <clears throat> A few dances, a few dance crazes hitting, hitting the hood. Mm-hmm. And one of the dances, or two of the dances he got on, was the butterfly and the tootsie roll. Oh, but gotta, yes. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. And this is I, good. I this story, is good. I now I remember. Story. I now remember. He, <laughs> he got on the butterfly, and then when he got on the tootsie roll, he was like, yeah, they got this other dance. Yeah, What's that one? What's that? What's it called? Well, you just stand in one place and shake your rear end. <laughs> Yes, I remember that. I remember that little So he got he got on the twisty roll, he got on the butterfly and all these really sexually explicit dances. And that stuff seems tame now. You know what I mean? Yeah, you do the test people do the twisty roll at weddings, at witness weddings. I know, I know. It's like this was this was long before juking became a, a thing. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the early two thousands. It was all about juking. So, uh, okay. I actually like got I said, two. <laughs> I actually got two local needs that I want to share on the podcast. <laughs> because what you just said led up to this uh, the early two thousands. <laughs> I remember we had <laughs> Brother Hanson, and this is actually I'm I'm this is a keynote address. This is not even a local, which is a local need for those who don't know. A keynote address is basically a local needs for the circuit. Okay, yes. so this is multiple congregations in one circuit meet at an assembly, and the circuit overseer basically gives a keynote address slash local needs for the circuit. So. uh this was back when two. This was back in two thousand three, when "Get Rich or Die Trying" came out, and it was <laughs> the hottest album of the year, and everybody was just fifty centing it up. So something, I guess, went down in the circuit. It was a big party that happened, lots of juking and stuff. A lot of people, a lot of friends, got in trouble for it, and they ended up having to do a local needs about it in our circuit, and. <laughs> Brother Hanson was our circuit overseer at the time. And I don't remember. All I remember is a few things. He was talking about juking, 
somehow, you know, was inappropriate and sexual, you know, kind that's, you know, that's not good, it's not acceptable in, in Jehovah's organization. So towards the end of his talk, he said, and I quote, <laughs> Hey Rodney, is this gonna be too hot for TV? Uh no, 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 no. This one ain't gonna be too hot for TV. He said, he said, so brothers. He was like, stop listening to Fiddy. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. The brother, the circuit overseer said, Fiddy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, brothers, sisters out there listening to Fiddy. Jehovah's not going to appreciate that. <laughs> he said, Fiddy. Not 50 cent. He said, I was like, that's all I remember from the talk. I was like, this man said, 50. Not 50 uh, he cent. Was, he was hip. He was hip. He, he knew what was going on, man. Oh, yeah. He was a younger circuit overseer, too. I, he, he's, he was actually, he was our CEO, like, not to, because I think he gave this keynote in 2004. Uh, so yeah, I think you know at, at that by that time, I think he was he had served a couple of years and then something happened and he had to go. But you know he was only in our circuit for real briefly. But he was a young guy, tall. He was like around six four. He was you know say he used to play basketball on the college level. He, he was a real down to earth brother. His wife was really nice, but man, he 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 threw down on that uh, keyboard dress. That's what's up. Uh, stop looking at Dude, that reminds me of um, <clears throat> that reminds me of when I worked with out service with brother. Do you remember brother Reginald Davis? No, I don't remember Davis. Okay, but he was another like younger CEO, and we worked out service, and we got to talking about uh, music, and you know, I was telling him how I was in the old school hip hop, like Tribe, Daylight, like that. It was oh yeah, yeah, I remember them. They were nice. They were nice. Like he was like uh, uh, he was like some of these rappers. You careful though, man. He was, I remember when I was coming up, and, and it was just one, one rapper that was connected to the occult. And I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, really? I thought he was about to talk about Bone Thugs and Harmony. <clears throat> and he was like, yeah, I, I believe the name of the group was um, the uh, the Grave Diggers. <laughs> 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 talking about Rizzo's group. Really. Yeah, I was like, oh, you know about, yeah. yeah, I was like, you know about Grave Diggers? <laughs> You dug deep. He dug real deep. Oh man, Grave Diggers. That's like they only came out with like a couple of albums. Yeah, they only had two albums. Yeah. Oh wow. And I wasn't really, I wasn't a big fan of those albums, but uh, hey, I see why. That's not the CO. You know, saying something about it. Hey, I guess that's the reason why I wasn't digging them out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the album cover to the first Grave Diggers album was dope. Though. I will say that yeah actually i was feeling up the first album the second album yeah. not so much yeah. but the first album i thought the first album was 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 pretty dope and funny yeah but yeah yeah that's funny all right and then this, this is the local news that this, this one might be too hot for tv but i'm gonna still share it i'm not gonna reveal the brother's name but uh i am going to expose this story on on the airwaves so it's a brother at my hall he decided to do a more personal local needs 
for me, myself, and I out in the ministry one day. So I'm working with him. Brother will remain nameless, but he's a very comical, loud brother. Those who have went to the Chatham congregation with me, you will actually know who I'm talking about. But anyway, I'm in field service with him. My mom is working with another sister. It's a group working across the street. My mom's working across the street with another sister. I'm working with the brother. I'm around 17 at this point, you know? So I'm out in ministry and, you know, uh, the brother started ranting, raving about, yeah, you know, getting older, you know, uh, you know, have, have, you, have your mom had to talk with you yet? And I was like, yeah, yeah, she has to talk with me, you know, I, I know, you know, he's like, oh, you sure? I was like, yeah, yeah, he had to talk, she had to talk with me. He was like, he just stopped, he just stopped me. He said, you sure your mom had to talk? I said, yes, we had to talk. We talked about it. Because he's like, you know that your mom can't teach you what a brother can teach, tell, teach you about to talk. I was like, okay, where are we going? Because I'm a little confused. He was like, listen. He pointed to my mom across the street. My mom laughing and joking with another sister going door to door <laughs> at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he said it emphatically, serious face. He said, your mom can't teach you nothing about this. And when he said this, he pointed to his lower extremities. <laughs> what? Yes. He pointed to his lower extremities. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, 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 yeah. He was like, so let me tell you this little something about what, what this is all about, all right? So I'm going to talk to you. See, these sisters out here, and, boom, 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 and, and I'm telling you, I'm, I can't reveal the rest. Too, too, too hot for TV. TV. Too hot for TV. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the gesture, the, the, the look in his eyes, the way he pierced, he, he made sure I made eye contact with him. He was dead serious. He had his hand on my shoulder. Squeezing it tight. He's <laughs> like, hey, Ryan, listen, you Ryan, your mom can't like, tell you nothing about this. Rodney, sound like somebody was was having some struggles. <laughs> I don't know what that it was, was, man. That was a cry for help. That was. A, I don't know what it was, man. I, I, but man, he broke. Man, he broke it down to me, man. Like, like I've never heard. I mean, my mom told me. She broke it down to me. Of course, all parents have to come across that. You're a parent, and you know you're gonna have to have that talk with your son soon. It, it's <laughs> my mom had that talk with me. She was just as real as as it possibly can get. But this man took it to another level. Another level that I will share all facts <laughs> for those who listen to this to this podcast who want to hear more. <laughs> but I'm just gonna stop there. <laughs> Wow. Then that was my local needs and field service. <laughs> man, shout out to all those brothers who kept it really real, who kept it, who kept oh, it too man. raw for, who kept it too raw for TV with us back in the day, man. Because some of us, some of us really needed that. Oh, yeah, we did, we did, we did. Every, every, I feel like every body that grows up should have a nice, well-rounded body where you got that young brother or that young, energetic 
you know, really close to the young people type brother. Then you got the other brother that's like super old school, gonna tell you like it is. You got the the brother that's kind of like the nerd in the bunch that, you know, is always by the book and this, that, that. You know, every congregation has that unique type of body. I think that's what contributed to all the merging. I think that was needed, you know, getting all of these meetings of other minds together. And, you know, everybody's got different personalities, but at the end of the day, they all serve one purpose. So, yeah, shout out to the brothers, man. Shout out to the brothers. Real quick, though, standing on the local needs, <laughs> I will say this. Since I've been at Burbank, and this is like 13 years, almost 13 years in, man. I, I remember when I first started going to local meetings at Burbank, and I mean, when we first started going to Burbank Congregation, and you know, I come from Chatham, where local needs was like raw and uncut. You know, they they pulling out the belt, they pulling out the belt, and they giving us that young whooping. Yeah, they dropping, they dropping sixteen bars. They dropping sixteen bars. Uh, no, no mercy, no chorus. Just sometimes thirty-two bars straight. You know, but. uh come to Burbank, man, and, and, and look needs. I was like, oh, this is it? What? What? <laughs> oh. We, we have a, we, Rodney, we, there's a cultural difference. <laughs> this is gonna be a breeze. Okay, they don't be tripping about nothing here. Alright, we good. <laughs> They give it local needs about hospitality and then, you know, back before hospitality was really enforced. They, they talking about, you know, yeah, we need to up the ante on our hospitality. I was like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. I'll up the ante on hospitality. Yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, we, we need to improve on this. You know, if we could just tilt the chairs over to the left and make sure they're structured right after the meeting. Oh, that's it? Okay, I can do that. After the meeting, I'm straightening the chairs like nice and neat. <laughs> okay, Man. this is easy. This, you know, they no, dude, Chicago, it. Chicago was a whole different beast, man. Oh man, <laughs> I'll make sure that the the heat is on during the winter time. Making sure <laughs> that the air conditioner is running properly. While the meeting is going on in the summertime, I'm like, oh, okay. I could. I, I used to be HVAC. I could check the thermostat after the meeting. Make sure that's all good. <laughs> this is easy, man. <laughs> so yeah, y'all, ain't, uh, y'all ain't you ain't getting it like you was used to. No, 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 no. But but I, I will say this: that that was in the beginning. I mean, they. To be real, they did have some local needs where they had to hit some heavier points, but it's still nothing like what you hear in the hood, man. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, it's a whole different ball game out here, man. Yep, definitely. <laughs> Any more local needs that you can think of? Um, <laughs> that's not too hot for TV. <laughs> yes, but yeah, I'm gonna have to share those off wax. Oh. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. All right, so uh, we're going to get into our NBA segment. Um, I, I got a question. I just, well, we got a topic that I want to discuss briefly about the NBA. Just a couple of things transpired over the weekend. The Lakers still suck. The Bulls are terrible. What else is new? But 
we had a few altercations between fans. Uh, one involving Russell Westbrook and one involving New York Knicks owner uh, Dolan. So the question I want to ask is, is uh, have fans at NBA games officially crossed the line in regards to interaction with players based off the last previous incidents that have transpired? Absolutely not. Okay. Now, okay. You, you, we, we've all bought tickets to an NBA game. They're, they're incredibly expensive. Okay. Now, I'm not saying buying that ticket gives you the right to say anything to an opposing player, but it, dude, it's all part of the game. It's all, it all comes with the territory. Like, <clears throat> you should be able to jeer whoever you want to jeer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, dude, you mean to tell me, okay, okay, I'm going to just say this. We, we, I think it's a sign of the times that we're living in. People are increasingly prideful, people are increasingly closed off to criticism. People are are more sensitive, more haughty. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a rise of these so-called incidences. But it's like, come on, man. You mean to tell me fans saying disrespectful stuff to players on the court just started happening within, within the last year? Like, dude, this is something that's always happened, okay? Right. But because we live in more sensitive times, we're hearing about it more. Now, there is a caveat to that. Now, if a fan is saying something, if they're going too far and they're saying something like threatening or racist yes they should absolutely be escorted out out the um stadium um because that that has happened before like <clears throat> that happened with clay thompson um he like he like fell into an audience or something and like some dude told him oh get off me you have and like he went off and like let the ref know immediately who said what and the, and the ref had had to you know the stadium call for the stadium security to escort you out of the out of the stadium. Mm-hmm. So cases like that, yeah, there, there, there's a line. There is a line. But if you say something like, you know, you need to sell the Knicks, James Dolan. Like, how is that? How is that cause for an altercation? Like, J- James Dolan, you suck. Like, you suck for the past seven, eight years. Like, mm-hmm. why are you shocked that somebody is yelling at something at you? Like, you know the Knicks suck. It's like yeah. you're a billionaire. You're a billionaire dude who never gets called out on the carpet for anything. So, dude, take it on the chin, man. I'm always a fan for like regular Joes shouting disrespectful stuff at rich people. Like, so I'm always going to defend people's right to do that. Right. You know, like, like know the line, don't cross the line. You know, by saying racist stuff or threatening stuff. And Russell Westbrook, man, you gotta, you gotta show some, some, some sense, man. Like. You can't threaten somebody and threaten a female. Like, right? That's what I didn't like, dude. You, this is the NBA, not the NFL. These women ain't okay over here. Okay? No, no, <clears throat> no. And, and so, I, I didn't appreciate. I didn't appreciate Russell Westbrook doing that. You know, don't include the guy's wife in it. Now, now you, now you're taking it personally. That could have escalated to another malice at the palace if it would have got further. You know. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. And then for him to take a swipe at the dude when he put his hand up for a high five, it was that the same dude or was that a different dude? Uh, that was a different dude. Okay, yeah, that was a different dude. So, um, it's like, dude, you you have a reputation with getting into it with jazz fans already. So you should really be on your p's and q's when you go to play in Utah. Like, you know, the fans are gonna mess with you. 
You know what I'm saying? And and the way to respond is to up your game. Okay, there, there, there's a there's a, a a vocal fan uh, that we all know of the New York Knicks by the name of Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Now back in the day, Spike Lee used to yell stuff at the players at the opposing team, and it made for some of the greatest games ever. It did. Okay, like when he was yelling stuff at the Bulls and Scotty, and Scotty dunked on you, and he came <laughs> around and told and told Spike Lee, "Sit, sit your eight down." Yeah, you right, know? right. Or the time, or the time he was yelling stuff at the Pacers and Reggie Miller went off for like nine points in eight seconds. Right, and then made the and then made the choke, the choke, the infamous choke six. Right, that's that's the way to respond. Yeah, you yeah. know, just up your game, just go off in the game, take it out on the, on their on their home team. You know, you know, swiping people and make threatening comments because now you're you're exposing yourself to, to litigation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't you don't want that. Another thing that irritates me is that with Westbrook is that it was another incident that happened. I don't know. It was, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago where a kid like touched them while he was I on the sideline. And this was a game I think against the Nuggets and. You know, he stared the kid down like the kid did the worst thing in the world to him. The kid just wanted to touch one of his favorite. Like, it's if I'm if I'm a kid and I'm sitting in the front and I got Michael Jordan standing there getting ready to inbound the ball, bruh, I'm taking that swipe. Like, hey, what's going on, Mike? You know, kind of like a it was it wasn't one of those taps where it was like he was trying to distract Russell Westbrook. He just wanted Russell Westbrook's attention. Like, hey, you know what's up? You know, Mike's standing behind me. I'm a kid. I'm like, hey, Mike, what's up? You know, Mike, basketball players are good at tuning out the fans. Russell Westbrook needs to tear a page from some of these basketball players that know how to tune out fans and not be so, you know, emotionally involved in what's going on in the stands. Dude, focus on the game because these fans, they want to do things to, to, mess you up to mess you up mentally that's the whole point of them being at the stadium that's what they that's why they call it home court advantage when you're a road team you're not that team's those fans favorite player so they're gonna boo you they're gonna do things to you they're gonna say things to you and you just gotta like get it out your head don't don't even let it get to you uh i know when there are times, there are times in the past, like Vernon Maxwell, Ron Artest, um, even Antonio Davis had an incident where he was trying to check on his wife. I don't know if you remember that incident where Antonio Davis went into the stands because he saw that uh, a fan was heckling his wife. And oh yeah, 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 that was a big deal. That kind of blew up and. You know, stuff like that, that's different, you know, because he's trying to check on his wife and everything. But stuff like Vernon Maxwell, stuff that Artez did, like some, somebody, you got to learn how to have self-control, man. The fans are just there to watch. But at the same time, I also blame fans too. Fans, they pay their money, but that still doesn't give you a right to be disrespectful as well. Like don't disrespect me, but you don't even know these guys. I mean, but define, but define disrespectful though. Like, I mean, you got to be disrespectful to a certain extent because then you're cheering them. Like, right? You don't want that team to be your team. Like, oh, of so course. It's like, what, what, what really is defined as fair game, and what is defined as disrespect though? Disrespect to me is saying racist remarks or saying something that that's personal. You know, like if it, it it's. 
say if one of the players they 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 mom is having like if if a player happened to you know the mom is having surgery or something like that and the, the fan don't know it but then the fan says something like your mom this and your mom that okay dude turn her you know basketball player they gonna turn her the natural instinct is like hey hold on dude my mom got surgery like what's my mom on her deathbed like you know that's it's like now you're getting a little bit too personal just just keep it game oriented oh you're a bum you're you're not that good or you you know players hear that all the time I, i'm you know players are gonna hear they're not that good i like ray ray Mifeldon. you know he's gonna hear he's not that good he's trash he eats too many twinkies you know <laughs> <laughs> but you know i would love to heckle raymond felton <laughs> man that's been my dream bruh that's been my dream i got jokes i would love that I would love to heckle Bradley Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Who else you would like to? I would heckle. love to heckle um um what's the, the white boy's name uh, uh Chandler Parsons. Oh Chandler Parsons, garbage, garbage. J.R. Smith uh, Award. Oh, and of course I would love to heckle LeBron. Oh, big time, big time, big time. But you know, I just feel like there's certain. It's a, it's a line that you just don't cross sometimes if you're a fan. That that's all. I'm not not saying that you know fans don't have a right, but you know fans cross the line. But you just gotta be careful because you don't know what the you, you're dealing with players that you don't know their backgrounds. You, you you hear what you hear on the media, but you you don't know these players personally. Some of them might have short fuses. I mean, just look at. <laughs> I know this is in game, but I mean, who expected Serge Ibaka to just do a two tapper? On a regular player, you know what I mean? Like, just out of nowhere, the dude didn't really do nothing. He just pushed Serge Baca down. Serge gets up and start throwing throwing blows. You know, it's like, whoa, wait a minute, yeah, hold on. So, well, Serge Baca, he's from the Congo, so you know he Good he point. probably has seen some stuff. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> he Good ain't point. about to just take no push. Same thing with Enos Cancer, man. These, these these players that come from these these worn torn lands. You don't know what these dudes gonna do to you, man. They don't care about no fans. They paid their money to come see see them. If you say something that crossed the line, oh, you better believe them players gonna go up in that stands. You know, yeah, you certain players, yeah, they don't they don't care because they they've just seen too much. You know what I mean? To let certain things pass. Those are the players you don't want to cross. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story. I was with uh, Cece that I used to cut hair with. Shouts out to Clement Clay. Hopefully, he's listening to the show. I got to send him a link to the podcast so he can hear the story that I'm about to tell. But I was actually in ball game with him back when the Bulls were trash. This was like post. This was Lon Kruger area, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, well, not Lon, Lon Kruger. What's the other dude? Uh, Tim Floyd. Tim Floyd. I got the wrong coaches mixed up. Tim Floyd. Kruger used to coach Atlanta. But um, we were watching them play the uh, Indiana Pacers. Got to see Reggie Miller live. That was nice. But uh, Marcus Spicer, you remember Marcus Spicer? Barely. Woo. And it's a reason why, because he was a bum. But he was a uh, number one pick from the Bulls. I think it was 2002 when they picked him. Uh, number one or something like that. And uh, he was terrible. He, he, was, he, was, he did not have an NBA body. He just didn't. <laughs> he didn't, man. He was... <laughs> yeah, he had a body like us. Yeah, like he was six four. He no, he was six six, but he 
when he was in college, he played power forward. So it was hard for him to transition his game to the NBA game because he wasn't fast. He couldn't shoot. So what you gonna do with him? He he's too soft to play in the post. He it was no nothing to do. So anyway, he gets fouled, right? Goes to the line. And you know, Bulls games at that point were just dead, man. They were so trash. Hardly no cheering was going on. It's just talking, people, whatever. We had good seats. We sitting behind this this rich couple. Uh, this this older this older rich man he had some young chick that was all over him and everything and, yeah, but he was cool you know and uh, we're sitting there Pfizer gets fouled he's at the free throw line CC shouts out Marcus Pfizer you're a bum <laughs> it echoed like bum 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 and Pfizer stopped and looked around to see who said it and you know shook it off Missed the free throw. Everybody <laughs> in our section starts busting up laughing, dude. <laughs> the guy in the front was like, oh, get this guy some free beer. Get, what, what, what beer you like? Start, oh, wow. Dude, he bought CC free beer all night, dude. They they hit it off. They start talking. They change numbers and everything. You're a Yes, CZ, he just busted out. That's hilarious. They got off some free beers that night. <laughs> but, you know, that heckling fan. I mean, but that's, but see, that's, he just said he's a bum, you know. Players hit that all the time, man, you know. But uh, the Dolan thing, Dolan, I got, I got the Dolan. Now, the Dolan thing, I got a, I got a bigger problem with Dolan than with Westbrook. I, I got, got a problem, huge with, problem with Dolan for that. But it's like the Dolan thing. It's like this dude is just so prideful, man. Just so prideful. This dude cannot take any criticism. That's how the whole Oakley thing got got yep. off. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Now Oakley, uh, 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 who put in work for the for the organization, man. He ain't even allowed in the stadium. No you know what I mean? It's, it's 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 rich people like that that are like ruining the world. Not just sports, the world. Okay, like. It's like you 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 can't take criticism. No one's ever called you out on anything. Never said no to you on anything. And it's like the minute somebody steps to you, it's like you're gonna use your use and abuse your power to like really get at that person. And it's like it's just not cool, man. It's just mm-hmm. not cool. He, he, you know, I hope he, nothing. I hope nothing good happens for the Knicks while he's their home. He claims that he got critically wounded by the tongue lashing from the fan. And says that he felt ambushed. What does that mean? What? What does that mean? Like <laughs> ambushed, critically wounded. Like <laughs> somebody says some real stuff to you that you needed to hear. Like yeah, and you couldn't take it. That's what happened. That's what happened. That's what happened. Now, you know, Dolan, James, do something with your team. Better your team, man. Your team, the product that you've been having on the court. Has been trash since Ewing left. It, it's man, it's sell it to uh, sell the team to Spike Lee or Tracy Morgan. Somebody, somebody. somebody. I mean, Prince Paul for <laughs> have Prince Paul buy it or something, man. I bet you the Knicks would be, you know, somebody that's passionate about New York. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I yeah. just don't. James Dolan is everything opposite of what the Knicks represent. And, you know, I, I miss the honestly. As much as I hate the Knicks, I miss seeing the Knicks being competitive. Knicks and the Bulls being competitive at the same time. To me, that was great TV for the NBA. If, if the NBA can bring that back, man, 
that would be great. But it's unfortunate that we have two general managers. We have a general manager and president of basketball operations that suck. And they have an owner that is basically a bad person, just a terrible person. Yeah, I got a little more. I got a award for him later on in the show. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to get to our second segment of our show. I couldn't wait to talk about this topic. Oh, real quick, before we break into our second segment, we're going to take a quick little commercial break, pay some bills, and then we'll be right back. Living rooms, bedrooms, dinettes. Oh, yeah, you can find them at the market. We talking about flea market, Montgomery. It's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Oh, yeah, come shop with us. I said flea market, Montgomery. It's just like, it's just like a mini mall. Hey, hey. Living rooms, bedrooms, dinettes, we got it, you need it, you'll find it, it's just like, it's just like a minimal. Hey, hey, you heard me, come shop, I said flea market, Montgomery, it's just like, it's just like a minimal. Hey, hey, living rooms, bedrooms, dinettes, oh yeah, you can find them at the market. Alright, we back. Alright, alright, so... We at the table, we at the MVP table, music discussion, um, and the topic of today's discussion is going to be, and the question that I ask is, do artists fall off after, or their music, do their music fall off after they cut their hair? And so, in, it's up to you. Do you want me to start off, or do you want to start I'll off? I'll let you go. I'll let you go, because I want to hear this. Because I, okay. I have my own theory. I have my own theory. But you go ahead. Okay. So, artists who come out, and, and I mean, like, I'm not saying all artists, hip-hop, you know, R&B, whatever the case may be. There are artists that come out with a signature look. For example, Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes mm-hmm. came into the game, leaders of the new school, wild haircut. You know, he had the bread, the dreads up top with the ball fade. Then when he went solo, he blew his, blew his dreads out, got it, added extensions to him to make it even, even longer. And he came out with, you know, the coming, when disaster strike, ELE, both, all three of them classic albums. Then you had Art Anarchy and Genesis. He still had the, you know, the dreads and everything. Then he came out with Extension Level Event, which is probably not one of his stronger albums. And then he you mean, went on a you mean, hiatus. You mean, you mean Big Bang? Uh, Big Bang was oh, Big Bang was terrible. Forgot about that one. No, because Extension Level Event was dope. You know what? You're right. It was, uh, yeah, it was Big Bang. It was Big Bang. But then he took a little break, decided to videotape himself getting his hair cut after he signed with Dr. Dre. New look, new me, came out with the Big Bang. He had his hair cut on that album. Came out with that song with uh, Swiss Beats, Touch It. Which was a banger, definitely. The album, eh, not so much. Ludacris, same thing, came out. Now, I don't think, I'm on record to say Ludacris never came out with a classic album, in my opinion. (laughs) But he came, I agree with that. But he I'd came out with, with, I mean, his albums wasn't trash. They were good. He had a lot of hits, though. I mean, he had yeah, they, a lot. Were, they, were, 
yeah, they were enjoyable albums. They were enjoyable was, albums. Yeah, they was it was, it was it was casual listening. It wasn't it wasn't nothing that you put on while you was on the bus. You know what I'm saying? Trekking home. You know exactly. So he came out with his first two albums, which was uh, word yeah, word of mouth. And I'm looking it up right now. He had back uh, for the first time. Back for the first time. Back for the first time. And then he had word of mouth, chicken and beer, red light district. But then in 2006, he cut his hair. Came out with release therapy. Now he had a hit single, Runaway Love, Shake Your Money Maker with uh, what's the uh, Pharrell uh, produced Money Maker. Grew up, screwed up, you know, all those hit songs. The album debuted at number one on the uh, Billboard charts. It won a Grammy, too, didn't it? And it won a Grammy. And it won a Grammy for best... Actually, it won for best rap song. It didn't win for best rap album. Okay. But maybe I could be be wrong, but um, I know it won for best rap song uh, for Moneymaker. And so after that, after that album, he had Theater in Mind, Battle of the Sexes, Ludiversal, and Garbage. <laughs> All three of those is garbage. Do you remember anything from those albums? Not really. Okay. Not really. That, 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 I remember that Battle of the Sexes came out like nobody even knew it was out. <laughs> right. Right. And then the, what was the other one you said? I remember Theater of the Mind coming out. Uh, there, it was theater, theater of the mind, and battle of the sexes. I remember battle of the sexes, which uh, Ludiverse, and then you said Ludiverse, Ludiverse. I don't even remember that. I don't one. remember that one either. But uh, uh, the 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 one um, battle of the sexes had my chick bad. I remember that song. Okay, okay, but yeah, yeah. that was. I think that was when he was trying to go back to like raunchy ludicrous because like he kind of he kind of did mature a bit on that release therapy album mm-hmm. and then like i think after that he kind of wanted to get back to like the raunchy stuff he was doing so i think right. that that explains battle of the sexes and theater of the mind but um so you so so what, it, what what's your position on this man okay so those are that's just hip-hop now i got a art i got a couple of artists that i'm gonna throw in for other for another genre which is R&B soul, right? Maxwell. Maxwell's first two out, first three albums was, uh, you know, it had Urban, uh, Urban Sweet. Uh, I'm looking up his uh, discography right now. Just give me one second. It's pulling up. So he had Maxwell's Urban Hang Sweet, Embrya, and now the. Wild hair, everything, right? Comes back eight years later, drops Black Summer Nights, which was a decent album. I, I enjoyed Black Summer Nights. But he came out with Black Summer Nights uh, Volume 2, which really didn't do that well. Those last two albums he cut, he had his hair, he had his hair cut. Erica Badu, first two albums, Mama's Gun and... Uh, Baduism. She had long hair. She was dreaded up. I think in Mama's Gun, she finally cut her hair. But Mama's Gun still was a success. But after that, it, the, the material that she put after that, which I think was 
heavily over criticized by uh, with music uh, music critics and even other pundits, which I felt was unfair. But with that said, she hasn't brought out another quality album since Mama's Gun. She's came close. Mm, I disagree with that. I'm gonna disagree with that. Which I, so which album you said she came out with that kind of matched or even I don't know New uh, New America Parts One and Two. New America Parts One and Two. See, I felt like those were unfairly hated in one. Wait, so you're saying you you agree with me? You feel like they were? Good. I agree with you, but I'm saying to the pundits, they they kind of like dismissed those records. Um, I don't know, man. The real heads knew what was up, know what's up with them albums. Like that was that was kind of like her renaissance albums. Like that was kind of like her returning to form, man. Because it's like she grabbed up Mad Lib and and, and uh, uh, Knife Wonder, yeah. and did do some Della beats on there, and, and like that was like that. I that, thought Volume Two was even better. I did too. I did. Too. I, I, yeah, Volume One. I thought. Okay, you're right because Volume One got criticized heavily because she went a totally different direction, and then right. Volume Two, I, I thought Volume Two was amazing. Um, honestly, maybe her most underrated record. So, so, so your your position is that artists do fall off after they cut their hair. I think it's still a myth because there are artists that come out. I think it's more of an image thing. I don't think it has to necessarily do with just their hair, like because then. On the flip side, you have J. Cole. J. Cole came out with a taper, waves. You know, now he's, you know, and he was okay. His albums was okay. And then he grows his hair out. He's got dreads. K.O.D. comes out. You know, he performs at the uh, NBA All-Star Game. He's a huge hit. Everybody loves him. He's got the wild hair going and everything. And he's back being successful. Then you you know you got you know Kendrick Lamar who he's got a fade he had a fade when he came out yeah. with Section Eight and and uh, Good Kid, Mad City and then he eventually grew the dreads but there, there's no sign of falling off there so I think it is a myth I think it's a myth too because okay I I, I, I jotted down a couple of examples um, most Death who is now okay. bald. Um, when he when he first started out, he had braids. But as time went on, like he didn't have long. But as time went on, he was still putting out dope material with a clean shaven head. Right. Ghostface Killer. Ghostface Killer is now bald. Okay. He always wear a hat. He's bald head now. Yeah, he's bald. He's bald. Oh wow. Okay. Um, he's continued to drop dope material. And then my best example, Black Thought. Black Thought always been nasty, but now he's better. He's better than he's ever been. Dude, he's like he's like a a, a, a barrel of whiskey that just gets better with age, man. Along with age, man. Like, like he, he remember he started out with the locks, then he started, then he did the little short throw. Now he then he cut it down to a Caesar. Now he's completely bald. But dude, he yeah. is like he is doper than he's ever been. He has gotten better with time. Yeah, so that's true. I would argue, I would argue that our artists do not fall off, not necessarily when they cut their hair. Right. So when do what determines an artist falling off if it's not their hair? 
Um, honestly, or, I think or, or image. I think success has more to do with it than anything. I think when most most artists, not all, but when most achieve a certain level of success, they don't have to try as hard. You know what I mean? Like to to, to make waves, you know, so to speak. So. You know, once you get once you get a solid three, four albums under your belt that that are pretty much accepted as good or great, you you pretty much got enough material to keep touring and making money. Right. Okay. So so yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. Uh, I, I saw a video based off this, and I was like, I don't know if I agree with that because. But I thought it would be an interesting topic since you big, you know, you got the hip hop topics going on vibes and stuff. I'm like, man, you know what? Let me let me kind of jump on this topic and see what Ian thinks. You know, the, the expert. You know what I mean? I just want to get his opinion on it because, like, I'm like, man, he do make some valid points. But and it kind of made me research other artists. Just period. Like, who came in the game with long hair and you know, next thing you know, they cut it off and then he kind of, you know, he's really basing it off stats. Uh, as far as sales is concerned, but not necessarily yeah. the actual music that's coming yeah, out you, afterwards. Yeah, you can't do that. Like, 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 like you mentioned, you mentioned Maxwell, but you you said that the what was it the other album he put out later after you said it was actually pretty decent. It was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it with the short haircut. I enjoyed it, uh, and he came out with one after that that didn't really grab, but you know, still like. Uh, he still it doesn't take away his voice he's got the same voice he had when he had long hair so I don't get that like <laughs> he had long hair and now he has short hair but he's got the same voice he's wearing a tux instead of wearing like cut off shirts and it's with yeah. his, half his chest showing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you you just reminded me of something else Belial um, oh yeah yeah Belial cut his hair <laughs> Yeah, he's another one cut his hair and was still dope. Actually, so. his I think he his last couple of albums have been slept on. And this is now he's got a, he's rocking a fro. When he came out, he had the dreads going. But now he's right. got like a little fro taper. I actually saw him live uh, a couple of years ago at the at City Winery, and this dude is a beast live, man. Yeah, he he always has been. He always has. And his band was sick too. Band was sick too. I I actually still. Like he actually left the stage and had his band just do like an instrumental set, and I recorded the whole thing. It was just like I still got it on my phone. Dope. Wow. So like the dude is a beast, man. He still is a beast. Um, and but then you got artists like, for example, Music Soul Child. Music Soul Child had the same haircut his whole career, and people still love him. His, his concerts still sell out. So you know. <laughs> It is what it is, man. It's a myth, according to me and Ian. Thank you, Ian, for jumping on this topic. I really wanted to talk to you about it. After I saw this that video, I got really revved up because I was like, come on, man. This, this is, this is. I mean, he made some good points, but it's like, dude, you're just looking at sales. That's it. Yeah, you just can't look at one factor. You know what I mean? Like, right. Is the, is the music good? That's the, that's, the, that's the determination, you know? Exactly, exactly. Hey, we got time for one more commercial break before we go to our next segment? We do. All right. All right. Let's take a quick little commercial break, then we'll be right back.
you struggle with having to refute people when they make ill-informed or idiotic comments? Are you often bothered by individuals who have an extremely inflated sense of self-importance? Well, worry not, people. From Magnificent Vibes products comes a new spray-on fragrance, Essence of Otis. A special cologne for special times and special individuals that nobody came to see. With just a couple of spritzes or sprays of this magnificent fragrance, you'll no longer have to be bothered with those who make delusional statements like this. And for us to come back, you know, the way we came back in that fashion, I was like, that one right there made me the greatest player of all time. That's what I felt. Or this. All my emotion came out at one time. Was it the right way to do it? No. But I can't control that when I'm out there competing. Or this. They come in to see the temptations. Or this. Man, Lance Stevenson, whack. That dude can't play no ball. Ha <laughs> ha. That's right. Just spritz or spray till they out your way. And for you ozone alert, whole food shop and kale eat niggas, we also have Essence of Otis available in African oil form. You can cop this wonderful product from your local liquor store or corner store in between the barbecue pork rinds and the Chico sticks. And at your local Walgreens between the hemorrhoid ointment and the black ice car fresheners. And if you go to the one on 103rd in Michigan, tell them Dr. Shabazz sent you and get 10% off your final purchase. Get your Essence of Otis today. All right, we back. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all didn't expect two, two, two commercial breaks, did you? <laughs> Hey man, we we trying to get better, man. We trying to get better. So yes, uh, sir. So now we're gonna go to our third segment, Thea's face. We're gonna talk about seafood spots, and I got something that I want to get off my chest in regards to one of them. But uh, I'm gonna let you take the floor, in. I don't know if you're a big seafood guy. Dude, I love seafood. I love seafood. Whenever, well, shout out to to, to Jalen and Jacoby, man podcast we're we're heavily influenced by they stole our Kawhi Leonard laugh so yeah, I stole their I, I stole their too hot for TV so, <laughs> so we're even we're even exactly. but whenever whenever they talk about crab legs on the Jalen and Jacoby show I can so relate to like I love seafood of all sorts uh crabs lobsters shrimp fish Dude, I even eat uh, 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 oysters and clams and stuff like that. I love, I love it all. See, I never jumped into the oyster game, man. My sister likes oysters, and I'm kind of, I'm gonna have to get muster up some courage to try them out. Man, dude, you know what? Get a nice Savion Blanc to go with your oysters, really with any seafood. Mm-hmm. But if you're eating oysters, you must have a good Savion Blanc on the table. Okay, because gotcha. the high acidity in the Savion Blanc. It, it perks up your taste buds and you're able to taste the, the more of the moisture flesh, so to speak, after you've had a sip of Savion Blanc because the acid actually wakes up your tongue and it makes food more safe. Oh, okay. A little education. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, um, seafood places, man. <laughs> Dude, um, a, 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 a steady go-to I have is Blue Island Seafood. It's on 126 in Western. They they specialize in sushi, but they do it all. Okay. Um, we we've gone there for hospitality numerous times. They're a little understaffed, but once you get get seated and everything, like you, you should be good. Um, 
But that place and any place really locally, it pales in comparison to any, in just about any restaurant in New Orleans. Me and my wife went down there for our 10 year anniversary a couple years back and do every restaurant was amazing. Mm. And the food comes out so quick, dude. I ordered three pounds of crawfish at this one restaurant. It came out in like less than 10 minutes. Oh, wow. I'm like, dude, I'm waiting longer for White Castle in Chicago. <laughs> Y'all ain't coming that quick at McDonald's anymore. You know, oh, dude, and it's so fresh. Just, just if you love seafood, New Orleans is the place to go. Just, it's so fresh, so delicious. But I got to give the dead space to the sushi cooler in Mariana. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with the sushi <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I don't know how long that stuff's been there, but like, I I I I bought the sushi for Mariano's twice, and the first time, I'm like, okay, maybe it's me. Maybe I just bought the wrong kind. Made my stomach feel a little queasy first time. Did it again the second time. Same thing happened. <clears throat> so you know, hey, whatever. I gave it a shot, but. Stay, stay away from the sushi and, and, and uh, the pre-wrap sushi in Mariano. <laughs> that's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, before I go into my my rant that's about to come up, um, I got a few spots that I would like to recommend for seafood. Bonefish Grill. You ever really? Been there? Yes. I've, I've driven past it and like I never had the desire to go in. But I've always been curious, like, how they work. Bonefish Grill is amazing. They have great shrimp tacos. Um, I've only tried two things there. And the only thing that I don't like about Bonefish Grill is it's a little bit too compact. You don't really have a lot of wiggle room in the restaurant. I mean, it's really it's a really nice place. You could do reservations, too, which is another good thing. Um, it, but it, it, my only knock against the place is a little bit steep. Um, I only, hey Rodney, we only go hey Rodney, there on special occasions. Hey Rodney, <laughs> hey Rodney, you 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 like you like Biggie. You like, I'm I'm in restaurants with mandolins and violins. <laughs> they ain't got that. They ain't got that. <laughs> they they ain't got mandolins and violins. No no no, no. they ain't got that. They ain't got that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 nice. It's nice. It's it's, it's a real nice spot. Uh, actually, it's not one of those spots that, like, you know what I hate, man. I, it's a pet peeve with me. I hate restaurant. I hate restaurants where the lighting in there is really dim. It's one of those, yeah. Because I always those. feel like I always feel like, man, why y'all got the lights low? Like, what are y'all hiding up in here? Like, <laughs> it's supposed to be an intimate setting, man. It's supposed to be intimate. See, when we first we took we took our in laws, my in laws, for the anniversary there. So it was kind of like we felt like it was like the perfect, you know, setting for for that. But I will say this. I will say this. Uh, it is very expensive. Like I said, and it's not. I will say this. And in another and it's another spot. I forgot about this. I just thought of this on the top of my head. I think you would like this place better than Bonefish Grill. And I hope I hopefully it's still in Tinley Park. Because I haven't been there in years, but it's a spot called Tin Fish. Have you ever heard of it? No, never heard of it. T I N Fish. Bro, now it's not, you can see clear as day in there. Clear as day. You know me, Rodney, man. I'm from the hood, man. I like that. I like to see what I'm eating, man. Like, <laughs> I like to see who's coming through the door. 
Is it one of the ops? Is it where are they cool? You know? <laughs> but listen, they got this, they got this appetizer, bro, that I still remember to this day. Buffalo shrimp. And they're big, dog. It's an appetizer. And basically you would eat that appetizer and get full off of it. That's how good it is. Like, oh wow. It, it was it, it's amazing. But 10 fish is a dope spot. And then also, because I'm a I'm more of a big fish, catfish, shrimp. I'm not I don't really dig deep into the crab and, and crab legs and all that. Even though I like crab and lobster. I, I I'm usually a shrimp guy. I like I love my shrimp. So there's a spot right down the street from me in Burbank. As far as fried shrimp is concerned, is it's called Frank Shrimp Shop. Now I walk past this spot. It's next to a, a Jalisco's. It's a Mexican restaurant right next door to it. And I actually, um, when I first started going to Burbank, it was a black guy that used to work there that I had started a study with, but he just all of a sudden disappeared. But he was like, man, dude, I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to get you some, you and your wife some shrimp. And he gave us a bag of it. Now they got these different type of seasons that you can order. You can order Chicago style, original, or spicy. So he gave me the Chicago style, which is the one I recommend because they put this special seasoning on it. Man, he had us take that boy home after a study. Man, me and my wife went to work. I'm like, bro, <laughs> why is this place not more crowded? It, it don't be nobody. As soon as you come, I mean, and I'm talking about they cook all their shrimp fresh. There ain't no pre-made shrimp or nothing. Like, they, you actually see them seasoning the shrimp, putting it in the fryer. You know, you order little fries. They had a little... Um, they ask you, do you want macaroni, the uh, coleslaw, or do you want regular coleslaw? Because they got two types of coleslaw. Macaroni coleslaw, coleslaw, and regular coleslaw. Get the regular man, coleslaw. Dude, you dude, you're making me hungry, man. <laughs> don't get the, don't get the uh, macaroni coleslaw. It's, it's trash. I tried it's, it. I was it's, like... It's, it's, it's 1220 in the afternoon, man. I'm sitting here in my car. I ain't had no no breakfast, no lunch yet, man. Dude, oh my for God. $9.99, you can get fries, shrimp. They give you Wait, like where, a pound, where is this place half where a is pound it? of shrimp. Uh, it's right off Bur. Oh, man, dude. Uh, I'm going to text you the address after the podcast. I'm going to text you the address. Once right, I yeah, let up. me know, man. I hope it's not past the last because you know me. I don't oh, it's past. It's past the last. You're going to have to go. <laughs> Hey, if you give a talk at our hall, man, I I, I make sure I make sure I, I, I grab a bag. I just grab we a got, sample bag for you. We gotta make that happen, man. You know me, man. I, I go, I drive past Pulaski. My 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 uh my, my house arrest braces start going off. <laughs> oh man, but, uh, man, dude, I'm a miss. I'm a miss. I don't know if I, if what's gonna happen, man. Of course, but I'm a miss eating meat in the new world, man. I am. I am. The, the older I've gotten, I've, I've learned how to prepare it. I've learned how to spice it. And it's like, man, I could go to town. But, but who knows what might happen? I mean, we'll still have dominion over the animals, I'm sure. So. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what Jehovah got in store for us. But uh, this is the one spot that people just love to get their space to that I'm going to come to this defense. And that's Red Lobster. Now, I'm not going to sit dude. here. I was, so, I was so hoping you would, you would go in on this. I, I got to hear this. I, I understand that there are other seafood places out there. Outriggers is one of them. There are a few other places that people be like, oh, they're, the, the, these, these are uh, 
the out, I'm gonna use Outriggers as an example. Now I haven't had Outriggers yet. I heard it's good, but oh, I like Outriggers better than Red Lobster because they got a shark that's like a picture of a shark in front of them. They got live fish inside the tanks, and you get to see all this. They, they're just talking about the decor and nothing about their actual food. But it's all gimmicks. It's, it's all, all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, dude, I don't care. I don't care about that. Listen, Red Lobster is not overrated. I'm gonna put that on wax. I would agree I with that. I don't I would agree care who you are. I don't care what family you in. If you go to a circuit assembly, if you go to a graduation, the first place that anybody pops up in their mind to wanna go and celebrate that occasion is Red Lobster. Now I will say this, there are some Red Lobsters that do not represent the culture. It does not. <laughs> one of them, <laughs> one of them, is right around my house, right on 95th. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The one on Southwest Highway, bro, bro. I will say this. I will say this. They have gotten better. Cause I went. I think uh, I went a couple. I went back in February, and the service was good. The lady was real good. She, oh, you mean they weren't representing the culture well? Right, 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 right. Like, like, like. And I, and I, um, I, I take that back. Not necessarily representing the culture. Just not, just rep, not representing Red Lobster well. You know, they, okay. they, 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 they run Red Lobster as if it's Applebee's. You saw, so in other words, the people that was running it looked like you and me. Exactly. not running so, it like so, so who says so people who say the rail ops is overrated is this a, a regional thing or a cultural thing it's a cultural thing man like people feel like uh, I, I would say yeah i would say it's a cultural thing because people that like black people that got money and middle class and all that other stuff and you say oh yeah i'm gonna go to red lobster they're like red lobster uh that's that's fast food that's like McDonald's, you know, I'm gonna take you to this other place, and you're like, oh man, like people, people are are biased against Red Lobster because it's a chain, exactly. But, the, but but it's it's the actual food there is not bad. Now I will say this, I will say this, and anybody listening, you could come and fight me. I do feel that their cheddar biscuits are overrated. What? <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> I didn't know you was gonna go there, man. I yeah, I said it. Dude, that's all everybody talks about. Oh, the biscuits, have cheddar biscuits. Dude, they're not that good. They're I will. Good. You the know only thing better? a biscuit, if a biscuit is good, the only thing it needs is butter, maybe honey. You mm-hmm. injecting cheddar into a bit, that's an abomination. That's against <laughs> nature. <laughs> I love the cheddar baked biscuits. I'm guilty. I, I that's the cheddar belongs thing. on <laughs> cheddar belongs on sandwiches and popcorn, <laughs> not in biscuits. <laughs> but. Hey, hey, I love it. But I will say this. You know what's better than the uh, biscuits? I know you're going to say anything. But uh, <laughs> give me uh, Olive Garden's uh, bread. Olive Garden's bread is way better than the Cheddar Bay biscuits. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. That bread, I can eat that for, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Dude, but them Cheddar biscuits are overrated. And now, you know what? It depends on, too. There's certain, certain red lobsters that don't cook them right. Like, there's a few of them that, that they cook them just right, and then there are yeah. other ones that cook them burnt. It'd be burnt and crispy. It tastes like potato chips. I'm like, man, what is this? Nah, son. Nah, son. Not gonna be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, but with that said, man, I, Red Lobster is not uh, overrated. Every time I go, I get the uh, shrimp side trio or seaside trio with with shrimp. And don't don't get me started on endless shrimp. When they do endless shrimp, it's amazing. It's now amazing. now now to anybody listening, next time you go to Red Lobster and you order any type of seafood, whether it be fish, clams, lobster, whatever. Please, please look at their wine menu. Order a Savion Blanc, a moderately priced one. You don't, it don't need to be expensive. And let me know how it enhances your meal. Mm, good suggestion. Good suggestion. And on top of that, this is another underrated thing about Red Lobster that me and my wife discovered. If you ever off, if you ever happen to be off with the wifey or whatever, go during lunchtime, bro. Okay. okay. You you'll be shot, man. You you know people like oh red lobster too expensive this that and the other go during lunchtime dude I'm telling you we walk out of there only spending like twenty five dollars really for the two of y'all for the two of us not including drinks okay okay all right all right Let, and let's not forget man let's not forget man red lobster got the got the dopest shot out of all from Beyonce exactly exactly if it's good enough for Beyonce it's good enough for me. <laughs> Point noted. Point noted. Point noted. Man, let's 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 let's, <laughs> let's, let's get, get to these, these awards, man. Let's get to these awards in this bad man. <laughs> we can badly. Yeah, 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 man. I got, 15, I got 15 minutes, man. <laughs> hey, me too. Precisely. Precisely. Uh I gotta drop off my dog, man. Over the in-laws. My mom <laughs> my mother-in-law gonna be my mother-in-law gonna be looking at me me like I'm I'm crazy. Why are you late? So uh yeah, let's get to the awards. Uh, do you got the your play yourself award for anybody this week? I do, I do. I have Shannon Sharp. All the mess he talked all year. LeBron gonna do this. He the goat. He gonna do that with the Lakers. He gonna do this. <laughs> and now what is he saying? Now, now he making excuses and he bringing up Michael Jordan's the the shortcomings in Michael Jordan's career that that happened during his first seven years. Well, Michael Jordan, he, he got he got beat in the first round, and then he got beat in the second round, and then when he he was with the Wizards, he didn't he make the playoffs. Come on, man, nobody takes. He was forty years old when he was with the Wizards. Nobody took that that season seriously. No, they didn't. No, they, no, they didn't. <laughs> the Mike wasn't gonna save the Wizards, and, and Mike even knew it. That that was all. Mike, the reason why Mike joined the Wizards was internal. He wanted to join the Wizards so that he can eventually own a basketball team. That's it. Dude, he did it for exercise. He did it to stay in shape. <laughs> and that too. And that too. Yeah, you know, like that dude, come on. And he drafted Kwame Brown, which shows you how, you know, <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, you played yourself. Shannon, I'm gonna jump on that. Shannon is a huge, huge LeBron apologist, and I, I, I got tired of listening to his today today show that I don't even watch Undisputed anymore because all it is yeah. is you know Shannon Sharp just praising LeBron for everything you do, making an excuse for everything you do. So I'm with you on that. I, I, it's, I, dude, it's it's some on ESPN and Fox. Dude, it's some it's some Le, Le, LeBron stands that are like so against Michael Jordan. Like it makes you wonder. Like like okay, are y'all just being paid to take this position for ratings? Or did like Michael Jordan smash your wife or something? Like what's what's going on? Like Rachel, Rachel Nichols is one of them. It's 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 him. It's yes, Rachel Nichols. 
Uh, uh, Matt, Matt Kellerman is another one. And then, oh, Jay Williams. Yeah, Jay Williams is a huge LeBron supporter. Huge. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Um, Essence of Otis Award. Who you spring your essence on? Man, I don't really have an Essence of Otis Award to, uh, today. Um, I was trying to think of one, but no, nah, I, I ain't really got one. <laughs> I got one. And that one is on way beyond there. I'm spraying all this on me. Hey, Le'Veon, <laughs> ain't nobody come to see you, bruh. Enjoy your time with the Jets. We're going to sit back and watch you, watch your career plummet with the Jets. Are he with the Jets? Yes, the Jets just oh. signed him late last night. And uh, he could have can't, you know, honestly, I, I, I just feel like that, that year layoff is going to come back to bite him in the butt. He's, his running style... Which I hate that whole pause when he gets the football before he hits a hole. That ain't gonna work in New York. They ain't got the offensive line for that. They don't have Ben Roethlisberger as their quarterback. They got a two-year rookie, and they got a team that is struggling to beat the Patriots in their own division. Le'Veon Bell, bruh, enjoy your money, enjoy your money. But ain't nobody coming to see the Jets, and ain't nobody coming to see you. I got, I got something for Le'Veon. Dude, he's with the Jets. Dude, yeah, yeah he, he's going nowhere fast. Cue up Crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> so you want me lonely. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, oh, you played the self-award. I'm going to go back to that one. I'm giving it to James Dolan. I'm sorry. I almost forgot. James Dolan, you played yourself. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. And we, we, we explained the reason why, so we ain't got to dig deep. Any Cuddy Awards for this week? I do. I do have a Cuddy Award. I don't have one, so go ahead. The Cuddy Award is going to the nigga that interrupted R. Kelly's publicist interview. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if y'all saw this this video that's becoming viral now. But when they were at the, I forget which station it was. Uh, this dude and R. Kelly's publicist was giving a statement. This dude just interrupted the interview, trying trying to get by to get his ID. You know, and dude try to tell him, hey man, walk the other way. No, fam, I'm going to walk this way. It's a free country. What, what you on, fam? Goofy A. Whatever <laughs> you talking about. I, you know what? I saw the link, but I didn't get a chance to look at it. I was so busy yesterday, so dude. I didn't get a chance to look at it. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Classic Chicago, man. Classic Chicago. Hey, uh, man. Oh, man. Shouts out to... Shouts out to... The, all of all of the producers who uh, I'm giving that, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm giving I'm giving my Cuddy Awards all the producers that remixed R. Kelly's rant. That was that was great. That, they gave me some pure red entertainment for the week, man. I saw lock them up, lock them up in my basement. <laughs> I saw a footwork in one. I saw the uh, how <laughs> how can I pay child support? How? I can't them up. Lock them up in my basement. Lock them up in my basement. Lock them up in my basement. I like, man, dude, it was it was cold, man. Y'all, and, and shouts out to Keenan, man. I don't think you know Keenan's not that funny to me on Saturday Night Live, but that skit he did on R. Kelly was amazing. I, I thought it was <laughs> hilarious. 
he killed that, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually a fan of Keenan, man. I just think he's one of the better people on the show, actually. Well, he's gotten better over the years. I didn't yeah. like him at first, but he's gotten better over the years. But that, that R. Kelly skit, that was on point, man. But uh, with that said, let's get to this Mad Lib segment. We got about 10 minutes, so uh, let's go. Uh, are we doing top 10 Mad Lib? Man, dude, I, I went nuts, man. I went nuts. I I, I went 15, man. I couldn't. You went 15. Down. I got 10. I got 10. But uh, if you you want to share, you want me to share mine first. You a, you a bigger Mad Lib head than I am. Um, go ahead. You go ahead, share your sports first. Okay. So uh, for my top 10, and this is in no order. I have no order on this. One, okay. So I'm gonna just name them out. Planned Attack off the Quasimodo album. That beat. When I first heard that track, when I planned my attack, I doubt that you're ready, bro. It, it it took me back to like the coming of Busta Rhymes. It's just the way that the way his production on that song it just hit so hard, man. And then like Quasimodo, his delivery as Quasimodo on that song was just <laughs> was just amazing, you know. Yes. Um, the official. Uh, mm. The Jay Lib album, the official, definitely one of my favorite beats of all time from uh, Mad Lib. Dude, have you heard the orchestra version of that? Um, no, I haven't. You try to YouTube it. Uh, orchestra did a version of the official that was done. Okay, okay, gotcha. Um, Mystic Bounce. Mmm, good one. Uh, off the uh, Shades of Blue album. Good one. Hit you with that off the Blue Pack <laughs> album. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, little the way girl. he chopped up Buster Brown's voice, man. <laughs> oh, that was so sick. So sick. I love that. I love that beat. Love that album too. That's where. That's one of my favorite albums ever. Yeah, that's um, an underground classic. Uh, little girl off the Yesterday's New Quintet album. Another good. All right, man. Dude, you batting a thousand, man. You. <laughs> You're going to like this next one. You're going to like this next one. I'm looking forward to these next five, man. <laughs> I think I said, so far I said five. I got Plant Attack, The Official, Montero. Oh, did I say Montero? You said Mystic Bounce. Oh, Montero. 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 Okay. Montero and uh, Mystic Bounce. Uh, hit you with that. Little Girl. So that's five, right? That's six. Actually. That's six. Pyramids. <laughs> I know that's gonna be in your time. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that and, and if you want to go more than ten, man, that's cool. That's cool. It's our show. We can do what we want. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then up, up next, I got the healer off Erica Badu's mm. New America album, Volume One. First of all, that beat, the way that, the, the, <laughs> it started off the album, like, I'm sitting there listening to, I'm, I'm bought, I bought New America and I'm popping it in, and I get to the healer, I couldn't even get to the rest of the album, I think I bumped that song like three straight days, oh wow, dude, that, <laughs> bro, just, just amazing, just, just an amazing piece of work. Uh, microphone mathematics. Yeah, microphone mathematics. 
off the Quasimodo Unseen album. Excellent. Um, again, Mad Lip at, at its finest. And then last but not least, Realize off Quasimodo. So, good one, man. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Man, okay, okay. Okay, right. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, and and by the way, to to all the all the fans out there who listen to the show, I am going to put on two mixes um on the tail end of this show, but you you'll be able to to listen to them separately. I'm going to put a Rodney Matlib mix and I'm going to put an Ian Matlib mix. Dope. So you can actually check out these tracks on your own in your spare time. Um and just in case you're curious about, you know, some of this, this music that we're discussing. So, right. we're going to go ahead. We're going to do something special since it's the last show of the season. And y'all be able to, y'all will be able to click through that. They'll be in their own separate episodes. So, be yes, on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for that. All right. Um, so, uh, 15, man. 15, I got, um, <laughs> I got pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, How man. could you? How could you not have pyramids? How could you not have pyramids be your top? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number 14, I have third year from um, the Conductor Value 1 and 2 movie scenes. Third oh. year is, is dope. At number um, 13, I have Tomorrow Never Knows from the second Quasimodo album. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. Got you. All right. Number 12, I have MHB. From the first Quasimodo album, mm-hmm. oh, very smooth, very laid back. Uh, number uh, eleven, I have Bus Ride. From- Bus Ride is dope. That's my joint. I knew you'd go have that on there. Yeah, Bus Ride is dope. That's from the second Quasimodo album, further Edition of Quad. Then we get into our final ten. I got Can't Hold On. Okay. A track he did for Metaphor on Metaphor's album when Push Comes to Shove. Can't Hold On is dope. Number nine, I got Figaro from the Mad Villain. Dope, dope. That is dope. one of the. <laughs> that is one of the dopest freestyle beats ever. Yes, I could freestyle it out for, for hours. Love that beat. That, number eight is also a very dope freestyle beat. Low class conspiracy from the first Quasimodo album. The mm-hmm. Unseen. On uh, number dope. seven. Number seven, I have Crate Digging. Crate Digging. From from the loop pack out. <laughs> I was struggling too. I wanted to put that. Hey, hey, but I don't care. I'm going 15 myself too, man. You make me vote 15, man. But go right, ahead. I'm gonna throw crate digging on your mix. <laughs> <laughs> so uh let's see, number six, I got Ain't Right. Um, it's a little known track from that he did for an artist from Chicago named Diverse okay. on on the 1 a.m. album. Um it's called Ain't Right. Love it, love, love this track, man. Um, number um, Gamble on Your Boy featuring the Far Ride from um, Matt Lee at the Beat Conductor album. Mm-hmm. Number four, I have uh, where's four at? Uh, where's four? Oh, four is uh, Hit You With That from the Lupac album. Oh, yeah, definitely. Number three is Ma- Microphone Mathematics. Microphone Mathematics, yes. Number two is Basic Instinct. The song, oh yeah, the song right after it. the song right after Mathemat- uh, Microphone yes, Mathematics. Yes, yes. Um, and then number one, I have Slim's Return from Shades of Blue. Dope, dope. Uh, I'm gonna throw in a couple of them. I forgot about the Mad Villainy album. Um, 
Uh, Meat Grinder is definitely one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> Madly produced tracks, dude. The way he, the way he mixed in that jazz sample with the beginning, the, the way it starts off, you're like, man, where, where are we going, man? Like, yeah. <laughs> And then the next thing you know, that 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 baseline hit is like, oh man, where is he going with this? And then Doom just kills the track after that, man, kills it. And then uh, I throw in all caps too. I really why that was an underrated video. By, it was. Uh, it was by by uh, Matt Billy. That was that was a dope video. The way they did uh, the actual comic book they kind of did it like a comic book style had mf doom like that was that was sick that was sick man dude <laughs> absolutely man so y'all y'all gonna get a chance to check out all these tracks man definitely um, yes sir accordion um, is an honorable mention too yes forgot about accordion yeah yeah forgot about accordion all right man so we got um Real quick, man, I want I want to leave behind a, a, a return visit question. Yes, sir. Should Season four. Should alcohol serve at hospitality? Hmm. Good question. We're not talking about in a restaurant. We're talking about in someone's home. In someone's home. Okay, gotcha. Can't wait to see the poll on that. And also, be on the lookout. Again, I'm still working on it. I'm putting it together the finishing touches. I should have it out by the end of this week. I'm going to send it into the group chat so everybody can take a look at it. But uh, with March Madness uh, looming ahead, I'm going to do my own little March Madness, putting together the NBA Fights Bracket, greatest <laughs> NBA Fights Bracket. So stay tuned for that. First episode of season four, we're going to have a bracket. We're trying to get some, line up a special guest. Uh, to you know, so we can vote on these, and, and uh, we won't have to flip a disc or the queen pin disc uh, to get a winner. So, <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, man, oh, shouts out too to Stay Oz for joining us for a couple of episodes in season three as well. Yeah, we gotta make that happen again before the playoffs. Oh yeah, big time, big time. Right, right, right before the playoffs. Yeah, we gotta do a a, a, a playoff show like right before the playoffs start. We need to do a collabo. So if y'all listening to the show, man, let's get that cracking. Absolutely, man. Shout out to all our supporters, all our listeners. Yes, sir. Y'all, y'all, y'all make the show what it is. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, shout out to all all the crew, the crew in the tech circle. Uh, Javon, Mill, Justin. Uh, 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 Ventura. Uh, yes, sir. Who else? Who else? Luke. Who must I forget? We have yeah, Luke. we got Luke. Yeah. Uh, uh, who I know. I'm Jay Baxter. Know. Yeah, Jay Baxter. Can't forget Jay Baxter. Uh, yes, sir. Harry also, uh, I, I sent him a link to the podcast. He checked us out. He said he loved it. So, shouts out to Harry. Man, yeah, absolutely, man. Shout out to my fellow low life Harry out there. <laughs> shout out. Shouts to Marco too, man. Marco Yo, I was about to say, man, shout out, shout out to my homeboy, uh, uh, uh Marco, man. Dude is an excellent, excellent caterer. Yes. Y'all looking for somebody to cater your next hospitality if it's in someone's home. Hit him up, hit us up if you need info. Uh dude is dude is awesome, man. Dude is awesome. And yes, ladies, late ladies, he's single. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So and, and can cook, and, and he cook. cook. Yep, yep. So you ain't got to yep. worry about the cooking. You, that's, that's, you got you. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's fam right there. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, Ian, definitely appreciate uh, finishing up our third season. We had our 25th episode, the last episode. So, man, we're going to keep them coming. Absolutely. I'll, give me a couple days on this one, man. I got yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, no, no. Do your thing. Do your thing, I gotta give out. I got to give out some violations. I got to shoot up a couple of corners. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Edit a couple of ends. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what I'm saying? They listening to Magnificent Vibe podcast, not not pyramids. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, funny how things can change, I tell you. <laughs> well, with that right, said, yeah. I'll see you on the next one. For sure. Peace, 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 peace. Gonna put some margins. Fast they fade away. I felt blinded. 18 shots burned off. Simmies you never saw no.